Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him, people are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job. This is insane how great they are. Well, I think the authors of Pain are young prodigies. That's how good we are. Representing Bullet Club. This is what we do. Super Kid Party! There's a reason why you do everything. There's there's something. There's a reason. There's always, you know, a backstory. There's something there. And uh, I'm not sure what it is with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I mean, I know they were best friends at one time, but if my best friend powerbomb me through pretty much everything i'd be the last one you know to pull him out of way of shane mcmahon squashing him like a bug uh, you know what I, I hope that i hope that shane recovers quickly i mean that that fall was crazy uh so that he can beat the crap out of Sami Zayn. ladies and gentlemen wrestling to the back And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Deezer. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestling to the Max, episode 268, part one. And we, of course, are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. If you want to come find us on any platform, maybe Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or any other great place, make sure you go find us at Wrestling to the Max. Just hit that subscribe button. That'll get you all our great content in one nice package. And, of course, rate and review. That gives us a little bit of props and also gets us some feedback on what you like, dislike about the show, and people out there will get a little bit more of a view of us just by those ratings. Hey, and you know, well, don't forget our great friends over there at 411mania.com as well as lastworldonprowrestling.com. We appreciate their support. Want to give a big shout out to both those amazing sites. Thank you so much to them. I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me, Mr. Paul Leeser. hey and tonight, there is no Sean Garmer. I know, people. I'm sorry. We wanted to have him here. He's grieving right now. The U.S. 
soccer team. Uh, kind of let him down. Uh, there will be no World Cup for them. Ooh, Paul, I, I'm so concerned about Sean right now. Sean uh, was very, uh, very verbose and quite succinct all at the same time in his disappointment with the U.S. men's soccer team on Facebook and a post that uh, I, I was laughing a little bit about because it's absolutely true. They looked like hot garbage out there, but so succinctly and so uh, well-written was the abuse that Sean gave them that uh, you can't help but have a nice little smile because the truth is funny, people. <laughs> <laughs> it really is <laughs> and I was thinking to myself I wonder how we can get this whole Facebook post out there to the people I'm like, yeah. can we put this on the synopsis of this show <laughs> this just it has nothing to do with the wrestling just so people when they click on the show they'll just read Sean's rant about the US men's soccer team <laughs> I hope that's the description for the soccer to the max episode that they were doing earlier <laughs> yes I really hope so and so I don't know how he made it through that podcast but you know I'm Hey, man, I totally understand. He needs some time to grieve, so we're going to give it to him. Uh, But tonight, we are going to bring everyone some great wrestling news. We have lots of it. Trust me, some big updates on Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling. We'll talk about the the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament coming up for New Japan. That'll be something really interesting. More news about Billy Corrigan and his plans for the NWA. Uh, And just a lot more. I mean, trust me, there's even some UFC news that's about WWE that we're going to get into here. So lots of great stuff I'm excited about, plus some Ring of Honor talk for the TV tapings this past week. Really excited about that as well. Some things that I cannot wait to talk to Paul about on this episode of Ring of Honor for sure. Uh, And, of course, you know, I'm sure everybody, you know, missed me. Uh, I'm sure not. I'm sure, Paul, the ratings are probably the highest I've ever been. Um, I I highly doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I, I haven't seen him yet. I haven't, you know, looked into what the ratings were last week. But I know you guys did a phenomenal job, got a chance to hear you guys. So, yeah, I mean, you know, here we are. I'm back and, you know, trying to get plugged back into the real world. I, I missed an entire week of wrestling. I had to rewatch everything. There's only one thing left to do for me so far of catching up on wrestling. I've got to watch Ultima Lucha from Pat last week. I'm planning on doing that tomorrow. Uh, that way I can talk about. The next episode that we'll be talking about this Thursday, so that's one thing I got to catch up on. Uh, but besides that, I caught up on everything else, and you know, uh, it, it was just surprising because when I leave, all of a sudden the Shield gets back together. Uh, you know, Kalisto joins up with the the cruiserweights. So all this stuff happens. It's it's amazing. So it's all it takes is me to leave, and things happen. They so. uh, they must have heard you left, Gary. Gary's in the Caribbean. Quick, make stuff happen. Go 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 go. <laughs> yeah, probably so. They probably thought, you know what, we'll just make all this you know, happen that way. He has to get really super caught up on everything. Uh, make my life harder. So <laughs> it's it's kind of like the, the theme here with wrestling at times. You know, Make Gary really struggle at times. Um, but that's okay. I, I'm thrilled about everything going on and, and you know, some really cool stuff. I, I do want to mention one thing before we jump into these quick hits. I, I have to pick your brain about this, Paul. SmackDown Live, we got to see Rowan and Luke Harper together again. And uh, I forget the name of their group. What's their tag name again? The Bludgeon Brothers, I believe. Yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know if they're stepping off on the wrong foot or not, but uh, 
that's hokey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my uh, my first thought on that one uh, was, you know, Halloween is just right around the corner, everybody, and maybe Harper and Rowan are just so impressed by War Machine's work that they decided to be them for Halloween this year, and they just like, man, that's a really great idea. Let's make that happen on screen, and and here we are. Yeah, and it definitely feels like a Halloween costume because that was a cheap imitation. (laughs) I'm happy for them, though. They deserve to be on WWE TV. They're a great tag team, and if the Usos are the tag champs, we've seen the kind of matches those two can have. Um, So I'm I'm super hyped up about that, but maybe a little bit of a a cheesy video package, but I'm still kind of excited. No, I'm I'm very excited because I miss Luke Harper so much. Mm-hmm. Heck, I even you know want to see Eric Rowan. I mean, it, it's not for the fact that I think he's an amazing wrestler. I just kind of feel bad for the guy. I kind of feel like he's left in the cold a lot. So, uh, the tag division needs more tag teams. This is perfect. Thank God they're actually doing this, and I think it makes sense for everything. And really happy about that. I mean, so that's good. You know, now they just need to put some of that shine on Bray Wyatt and mm-hmm. uh, him and his dress. You know, so <laughs> would you? Uh, would you think about the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, happening from Hell in a Cell into SmackDown this week? I'd love to talk to you about that real quick too. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, you know, when at Hell in a Cell, when this whole thing went down, I was a little bit shocked, and then a little bit happy mm-hmm. and, and it was happy for the fact that Sami Zayn actually gets to be on tv for you know something that's important rather than just coming out and doing little things um so we get to this episode of smackdown this week and i i kind of enjoyed it i i like the fact that you know it's a blurred lines in reality in real life these guys really are best friends Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. have been for a long long time so i'm kind of enjoying this for the but at the same time it's a little bit hokey as well you know the whole i love you buddy we're best friends again and all that but i'll say this i I love the reason why Sami Zayn has turned against shame of man i I really appreciate it because i've always felt for a long time that daniel bryan and shame of man had come out every week and say we're the ones to give all the opportunities raw does nothing they just bury superstars we're the ones giving everybody and then it's like oh well we say that but there's 15 guys on the roster that have not been used like in (laughs) uh six months and so uh yeah so there you go. I, I think that was a perfect opportunity for them to kind of poke fun at themselves in a way. Mm-hmm. And for Sami Zayn to use that platform to jump on board. Hey, he's going to be used. Kevin Owens and him, I think, will do some fun things. Now, where do they go from here? I'm really confused because I don't know together what they're going to do. Yeah, it's rough, right? Because Gender and Baron are your two singles champions right now, and they're both heels. Uh, and now you have this big... And I would say very powerful and maybe the most interesting thing happening on SmackDown right now at the top of the card. And there's not really a place for them to go. And if you wanted to chase the tag titles, well, you just gave those to the Usos, who are also heels. So where you go from here, I don't know. And if Shane is just going to start throwing people in their way to try to get back at them or something like that is whatever. But their promo this week together on SmackDown was incredible. Uh, it may be the best thing on WWE TV, both, you know, as far as wrestling and all that happening, just I, Sammy believes he's right. And that is the best thing about heels is that when they think they're doing something 
that is right, and you know that you know they they've just sort of like signed their name away to the devil in this case for Sammy or all this other talk. Like it it just worked out perfectly. I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Mm-hmm. It's much appreciated that we're getting a chance to see a dual side of mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, and, and he's not going to be an evil jerk and, and do the things that Kevin Owens will be willing to do. But he's a different kind of heel that, like you're saying here, the one that really believes in his cause, and you kind of feel bad because you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, but man, if you really knew what's happening to you and why you think this way, you wouldn't do that." And mm-hmm. you know. So that's part of it. I think a lot of fans are going to struggle with this. They're still going to want to love Sami Zayn, even when he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing. So it's great, you know, and I, th- I agree with you. This is one of the better parts of SmackDown. Uh, I think there was a, some, some good things that came out of Hell in a Cell this past weekend yeah. for SmackDown Live. I really do. Once again, the Usos and New Day, that's just money. <sighs> Every day that they come out and do something, it is money. I always say that about the Young Bucks. No matter who they face, it's money. This is the same case right now for these two, at least together. Um, so I'm looking forward to new matchups, but give me those two teams every day and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> they could wrestle at every pay-per-view from here till I die. I would not get tired of it. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. And, you know, and this is going to be weird to say this, Paul, and I want to mention this. I know we're spending a lot of time on this before we get to quick hits, but I just got to say this. You know, I just got off this big trip, you know, cruise over the Caribbean. And when you're in the Caribbean and you actually land on an island and you get a chance to learn about the history, and which me and my wife really like history. So we try to get a little bit of that in between all the other fun stuff you do. And we were in uh, Jamaica, and we actually went to a sugar uh, plantation, uh, Rose Hall, if anyone knows about that place. Johnny Cash wrote a song about it and all that. Um, But, you know, you get to hear about all these tragic stuff and and the terrible things. And, of course, we all know how evil slavery is, and you just get reminded of it because you're standing in the place where – awful things happened mm-hmm. and fast forward to me watching hell in a cell and that hell in a cell match and seeing some of the images i saw it it kind of bothered me to be honest with you but i think <laughs> it, it it was coming fresh off of you know learning him some history and seeing some of the things i saw i kind of cringed a little bit um so it's it, it's it's kind of funny the way things kind of hit you in a different way because i think if i would have never went on that trip i would just thought oh come on crash hit him <laughs> <laughs> kill this man <laughs> yeah kill this man and then i'm watching it thinking oh i don't want to see an african-american no. chained up being beat i don't yeah. want to see this right now this is not making me feel good too and close to I, something i learned about not good yeah well i mean you know it's kind of funny because we kind of forget about things and mm-hmm. uh you know you kind of get used to it desensitized because you hear about it and you're like oh yeah yeah i know that happened but once you're kind of being put in that place and really faced with that image you you, you really hits closer to home so right. i learned a lot that's all i'll say i learned a lot about myself and other people's point of view if i can say it that way so uh but yeah anyway i mean what a great time this past weekend was you know got a chance to see some of the hell in a cell and all that stuff and i'm still a little jet lagged coming off the trip still a little you know trying to get my bearings about myself so I, i'm way fatter than i was i ate way too much on my trip uh had a lot of good times really enjoyed it but now i am back here and i am ready to talk some wrestling news so paul let's do it let's jump into some of these quick hits man it's time for wrestling news quick hits. take it away buddy 
All right. Well, let's start out by talking about something that I think is very interesting. And we're going to talk a little UFC and WWE stuff. But before that, I want to talk about this situation that we're looking at right now. And it's very interesting because it affects the cruiserweight division in a major way. Mm-hmm. But not only that, this is a big deal for me because this is a guy that really, I think, can just give so much to WWE. Uh, well, you know, recently, uh, as you saw, Kalisto became the cru- cruiserweight champion on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and the creative situation was what? Well, they had, you know, Latino American. Uh, what? No, that's actually the they, cel- they celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. And Sean corrected me last night. Uh, it's like halfway between September and October, right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of. Pulled over in a both months, and it's still technically in that time period, Hispanic Heritage Month. Also, Eddie Guerrero's birthday was on Monday night, and you had Kalisto throwing up the Guerrero and Mysterio names, you know, to kind of come into play. So, long story short, Creative gave him the championship. So now, Cruiserweight champion is different. It is no longer Enzo Amore. There was supposed to be a different situation on that Monday Night Raw, though. That was a kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction almost. They were actually supposed to have Neville face off against Enzo, and Neville was set to lose and not, you know, get a chance to get the title back. This kind of caused, I'm sure, Neville some grief and really, I uh, think, didn't set well with him. Uh, so apparently, Neville asked for his release backstage on Monday Night Raw and actually walked out on WB. Didn't even give them an opportunity to go through with the creative that they had originally planned. Uh, so this is just something that I, I, I would have never fathomed uh, mm-hmm. just by Neville's personality. Well, you know, I, I don't know the guy personally, but from the backstage stuff, from the interviews you see, from the other podcasts that have Neville interviewed and things like that, he seems like a passive guy, like a guy that just likes to go out and wrestle and have a good time. And for him to do this, it says a lot to me. It says a lot about the fact that he's kind of, done playing those kind of games and doesn't want to do something like this so i'm a little surprised though paul i i am too uh because mostly because of the same things you just said right you hear a lot of great things about neville great professional all these other things and admittedly i can see his side of this right because uh one i think you're you're working with somebody who i'm sure you're not overly pleased is sort of changing the direction of the show even if it you know it it's something that's getting them more views and whatnot um and they're sort of using you to build this guy up isn't exactly something you you know you have you want to deal with but it's part of being a wrestler right so i'm sure you can work with that but maybe it's just a sign that they have no plans to move him away from the cruiserweight division. Maybe it's just that they want him here the whole time now. Uh, and he doesn't want to do that anymore because obviously while he does have the skill set that very much fits that show, this is somebody who has really radically changed perceptions about him from the time he was on the Indies where he was this great wrestler, but he didn't exactly have the personality. And, and you could sort of see that start to grow uh, in NXT. And, and if you watch him in Dragon Gate, you got a little bit of that there too. But there's like there's just the radical 180 he's had since becoming the king of the cruiserweights and this whole Mad King sort of character that he's created where it's legitimately one of the best things on WWE TV and now they're sort of just maybe tossing you to the side. 
I'd be a little hacked off too that you've worked so hard to reinvent yourself and you're not getting anywhere that seems to at least be in a forward direction in your opinion or something like that. Obviously, I'm not saying it's right to walk out on something like this or, or anything like that, but I mean, if you're unhappy with your job, you don't stick around, right? You just you, you tell them, hey, man, I'm ready to go. And if they want to stop you or if they want to talk to you about it, then obviously, hopefully they have that conversation because I'd love to see Neville get more screen time on WWE as part of, you know, Raw or SmackDown on, you know, as a heavyweight, but... Certainly, if you think the grass is greener out there and, and it's starting to maybe look that way for a lot of people, why not, you know? Yeah, definitely, and I'm right there with you. I, Neville has so much to offer WWE mm-hmm. in general. I, I don't care if it is 205 Live, SmackDown, Raw. It I just doesn't matter. Wherever he's at, it it's better. Mm-hmm. And he has put a lot of work, like you said, into that character done so many things to build himself up. I think a lot of fans out there really do appreciate Neville, and I think that they've come accustomed to this new version. And without him, I think that leaves a hole in the Cruiserweight division. I think it leaves, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a hole on the roster for Raw. I, I think that was one of the bigger selling points for me coming in every day to watch Raw and really get behind something that they're doing. And so I, I, I get where he's coming from. I understand the frustration. And walking out sometimes is the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. You know, we, we saw CM Punk had to do that just to, to free himself of all the frustration and the stress that WWE does bring to the table. If if Neville does look out there and, and see a guy like Cody Rhodes, uh, a guy you know like Juice Robinson, and, and says to himself, "Man, those guys, you know, maybe they're not making, you know." so much money they can't, you know, put it on their pockets, but they're still making a good living. I can do that. I love wrestling. I've done the indie circuit. I was successful out there. Why not go back? It, to me, it, it's an obvious given that I'm sure he's kind of considered that and mm-hmm. thought to himself, you know, I get to create my own schedule too. You know, <laughs> I don't have to work Christmas if I don't want to, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, so needless to say, I mean, it would not shock me if we saw Pac, <laughs> Back on the circuit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I'd still... I, I'm going to be selfish. I want to see him on WWE television. I hope they work it out. But this just it, this kind of leaves me baffled, still. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's just hard for me not to imagine Neville being a part of this roster. It's true. And this is, of course, lots of rumors, as you can only take with dirt sheets and stuff like that. But there, there's also a lot of reports saying there's some validity to this. So it, there could be varying degrees of truth involved in what we just told you, but I, I, I just, I want Neville to stay too, uh, just cause I'm jealous. I really like his role here. I obviously, I feel like he could take whatever he's done here, uh, what he's learned and take it out as we've seen as all the guys you just mentioned, like a Cody Rhodes or a juice Robinson There are plenty of places out there that could use, a star like Neville, especially if he decides to go home to the UK where that division is, you know, that whole area over there is just lit on fire right now. And they get Neville back on the indie scene. Like there's tons of money to be made there. You know, man, revolution pro would be just dancing. Pro progress. I mean, all those big places over there. Oh yeah, for sure. So (laughs) 
he, he'll be making plenty of money mm-hmm. uh, walking out of WB, so it's not like he's going to be hurting. Um, but still, me and Paul are going to be selfish. We want him to stick around. That's yeah, just, for sure. Uh, so, uh, well, you know, there's some things going on in WB too that you know is behind the scenes, and one of those things is apparently once again rumors. We're still trying to figure this out. This is not a fact. Just to let you know that. Uh, but apparently, Conor McGregor is finalizing a deal with WB for an appearance at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. We've speculated this for a little while. People throwing that name out there. It's been a possibility. But with it being more on the finalized portion, Paul, what do you think we're going to get with this? Do you think it's important? I, I just I, I got to know what you think about this. This is uh, I, one really cool. I'm a big fan of Con- Connor's work as far as a fighter goes. I watched his uh, I watched his match with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and, and I find it kind of ironic that after doing that, he's already talking about doing a WrestleMania, which we've also seen Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather compete at. So, um, the guy is just a license to print money right now. And I'm sure WWE sees that. And he's a guy who knows how to sell a fight and knows how to, I think, carry himself correctly and all that. Whenever WWE looks at a big star to bring in from the outside, who could possibly make them a ton of money. I, boy, I, I don't know what you have him do though. Right. Um, it, the Big Show and Floyd Mayweather, while I never would have pictured Big Show being in that spot, was actually one of the brighter spots of Big Show's career and, and was something I will remember for a very long time to come. But, I, I man, I don't know who you put McGregor in there with uh, unless you're going to go with like a top star, like a, I mean, Randy Orton kind of comes to mind. But or I, I, don't, I don't know because I think, you know, a lot of the bigger people that – WWE's pushing right now, they already have plans for, as far as WrestleMania goes, like your Roman Reigns and your Brawns and your Brocks and your, you know, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, you know, if you ask me personally, I, I it, it's just so hard to do that as well as to, to picture that exact opponent for him. Braun Strowman is great, but he's not in the position that Big Show was against Mayweather. Big Show was already established for a long time. Mm-hmm. He could he could afford the loss. He could afford the change of direction, whatever they wanted him to do. Braun Strowman is not really there. Braun Strowman is still building his career. As great as he is and as, as big of an impact he's made early in his career, there's still that opportunity for fans to still turn against him and say, oh, yeah, this guy couldn't beat Conor McGregor, so <laughs> we're just going to eh. – so you don't want those black marks on his career that early. Uh, I think a Brock Lesnar would be a great opponent you know, for Brock to say, look, I know you're a MMA fighter. Guess what? I am too, and you're not going to come into my place of business and tell me that you're better than me. Mm-hmm. So I would love that, though. What are we hearing? No, Brock's is scheduled to be with Roman. So that that you're right. There's that gap. Who could it be? What could it be? Um, and, and, you know, it could be a big match or it may just be an appearance. Maybe he right. does something, you know, where he comes out and you have three or four guys, you know, show up and say they're going to beat him up. And he knocked, you know, maybe he takes on the Mistarage and beats them all up. So mm-hmm. who knows? Um but, you know, it is what it is. I think that this is really about drawing attention to WrestleMania. This is what they do every year, right? They try to get all the news outlets, ESPN, 
Fox Sports, everybody out there to pay attention to WWE during WrestleMania. That's exactly what they did. They just earned themselves a little bit more money by you know slapping on Conor McGregor's name to this show, if, mm-hmm. if it does take place. Once again, this is not fact. Don't know if it's going to happen, but it's a money pull. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's usually anytime you have a big star like this come in for WWE, that's all this is. Big time money pool. Let's see what we can do. If they're willing to get in the ring, great. If they're willing to fight somebody, great. It's just we want them here on this day when all eyes – well, I, I won't say all eyes. Most of the eyes that care about this sort of thing um, are buying the network, are buying pay-per-views, are, are having watching parties, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And also it's kind of interesting, you know, because UFC has kind of grown uh, for the least, you know – the foreseeable future because MMA has kind of become the thing mm-hmm. since, you know, wrestling is not what it was in the Attitude Era. So, you know, for WWE to pull from that, I mean, hey, that's great. If it works, it works. The one thing is, is that's not really going to work out the other way, though, uh, when you're talking about a WWE talent moving over to UFC. Uh, and what I'm talking about here is Dana White mentioned uh, recently that Brock Lesnar is under contract with WWE until August of 2018. So that's a little bit while uh, longer. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's not really a chance for him to really get back in, you know, MMA fighting, at least with the, for sure with the UFC. And the reason is it's not because WWE's just saying, no, we don't want him to fight. It, it's really about the situation that took place last year with Brock Lesnar and the fact that he had a scandal with steroids and all that following his match at UFC 200. That was a big deal. It made WWE look bad. It made UFC look bad. Brock looked bad. Just was not a good situation. So I kind of understand where WWE's coming from and why they don't want to release him out back to Dana White. Yeah, right. Uh, protecting your investment, a guy who, frankly, at this point, they've invested so much more in than I think a lot of uh, fans. And I, I, I'm going to say I'm speaking for all of us here at W2M, at least when uh, we kind of wish that he wasn't the champion anymore, but here he is, and who keeps beating person after person, uh, and is is basically being just ba- built up for slaughter for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania now, because that still seems to be on course for what the plan is going to be. I don't blame WWE at all, though, for not l- letting him go back to UFC, especially after the last time um, with the whole steroid thing, like like we just said, and. It, it just makes sense, right? It's good business sense. You don't want to sour that that idea that Brock is this legitimate, unstoppable monster by having steroids surrounded by his name. It's definitely something you don't want surrounded around anyone mm-hmm. in sports, right? And so WWE is not happy about that for a big reason because it's Brock Lesnar is one of the biggest stars that they have. Right, and that's not what they want to be back in the picture of, of you know scandals and steroid abuse and things like that, and they're trying to stay away from that stuff. So I totally get it. Uh, I think that you know we'll have to see if you know something else conspires and trans transpires and all this kind of stuff between here and that contract being up in August of 2018. But I highly doubt that this is going to take place at any time. So we'll see. But you know, uh, you know, WWE's also interested in another guy, Fred Yehi. Uh, you know, and I don't know much about him, Paul. But what's up with that guy? So uh, Fred Yehi is the current uh, full uh, full Impact Pro Champion, which of course is related to the WWN family uh, and all that. So Evolve, he, he does that a lot. He's also 
very quickly grown to to be a fixture, I think, around the independent scene all over the country. Uh, I know he's going to be in Glory Pro at their upcoming show, taking on, uh, I think he's facing off against Kurt Stallion. But uh, Fred Yehai is a very, very solid, very, very good wrestler inside the ropes. I don't know much about his promo ability, unfortunately, but from what I've seen as far as the wrestling goes, he's terrific at it. And um, yeah, I, this is a great thing. The problem is, I think it's the same problem that Leo has coming into WWE, right? With the Cruiserweight division around, you sort of know where they're going to get pigeonholed into whenever they come up to the main roster. And Yehi, um it is short, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, so uh, the name's kind of a poke at that. And, and he also has uh, the nickname of being short, angry, and pissed off. Uh, so you have all that going for him, too. But he's, he's a terrific wrestler. I just... You know, you look at what's going on in the cruiserweights right now, and you you can't help but wonder, you know, these guys that they're signing in that sort of weight division where they're so great out here on the indies, you know they're going to get shoved right on the 205 Live once they're done with their tenure inside NXT. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, you know, like you said. I mean, once you kind of see these guys, what they can do, the the size differential, though, automatically pigeons holes them into that cruiserweight division and you don't want to see that especially with guys that are super talented who have a lot to offer you, you want to give them those other opportunities and once again what we talked about with neville earlier you know it looks like you know WWE's not really interested in letting you out of that cruiserweight division after you're already put in there mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's kind of interesting but we'll have to, to kind of follow fred yeha and see if you know this is a situation where he finds himself interested in signing with WWE, or maybe not. Maybe everything we talked about would make him not want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're finding out more information uh, about Global Force Wrestling, which is not going to be Global Force Wrestling, I'm sure, soon. Uh, I think they're, from my understanding, from all the things that they've done with press releases and everything, they're kind of just referring to themselves as Impact Wrestling now. Um, but, you know, I still say Global Force because, well, that's what we've kind of called them as of late. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, I do want to talk about Impact Wrestling because they launched their big official network. And so this is a good deal for them. It's 8 bucks if anybody wants to go out there and purchase it. It's got a lot to offer if you are a TNA fan. And if you followed their product for quite a while, I mean, they do give you some things that I think a lot of people would enjoy. You know, you're going to get Impact TV, which is, uh, I think, a must if you're going to go ahead and, you know, put it out there that you're going to have your own network, right? Um, And that's a big deal. Uh, But you're also going to get some other things, like you're going to have – they're uh, epics, and that's going to be something that's really cool. I think that people will really enjoy that. You'll also have Explosion. You'll have all the Impact Wrestling TNA pay-per-views, right? Uh, you'll also get some other things like, you know, the uh, TNA Legends. You'll get Inside Impact, which, you know, it's kind of cool, too, because it's kind of like, I think, a Talking Smack, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? And, yeah, you know, close to that. They get the, you know, they also give you the British Boot Camp, those series that, you know, were out there, those reality show based kind of topics that they had. Uh, you'll also get some other things like, you know, I believe Scott Demore uh, had his show uh, basically kind of doing the same thing, right, Paul? It's all about signing new talent, I believe. Uh, th- this is uh, shows from his promotion that he owns at Canada, Border City Wrestling, uh, okay. that TNA and Impact have had a relationship with for forever 
Yeah. Okay. I get you. Okay. So, well, you got that. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us, there's, you know, you're talking about promotions. Here's some other promotions. Kind of tell us about these other promotions that are going to be involved too. I think the, the big one on here that people might at least have somewhat of a familiarity with if you're into the independent scene, uh, just abroad, Smash Wrestling, who uh, has become a large fixture in that growing Canadian scene that uh, is trying to pop off and explode like England has. Uh, Smash Wrestling has, uh, I'm pretty sure they've gotten into bed with Anthem too, but lots of, uh, they, they recently got a TV show as well, and uh, a lot of their guys uh, have worked Impact and back and forth as well as uh, them promoting a whole bunch of other great wrestling on there. But the one of these big, I, I don't want to call them a super indie, but they, they do book a lot of the big top names and stuff like that as well as booking the, the local talents as well, which I think is, is the blueprint for any good independent these days. But you're also be getting stuff from Aaron Weiss's Pro Wrestling Superstars pay-per-view series, Wrestling at the Chase, and some classic content from the old St. Louis territory, which I don't know exactly how they got their hands on, but, you know, variety is great. And uh, hopefully with the relationships they have with AAA and and Noah and some of these other territories that they can uh, sort of broaden uh, the crash, of course, too. Um, they can sort of broaden their horizons and put some of that content out there as well as at some point in the future, if this thing uh, proves to be sustainable, at least. Yeah, exactly. You're right. And, you know, this is something that, you know, really kind of helps, if you ask me, get those Impact Wrestling fans to get to know some of those talents that they're going to see on Impact soon, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really cool for them to do that. And that's part of the reason why I've always thought it'd be great for the WWE Network to have Evolve on their network. And, heck, even uh, ICW. Places like that that are producing stars, that are sending them to WWE for NXT, I think it just makes all the sense in the world. So for them to do that, I think it's a good deal and just really helps impact. And there's so many new talents that are going to be a part of that. We've we've heard that there's you know quite a few talents leaving Impact Wrestling. Uh, I think Robbie E is a, one of the most recent ones. I mm-hmm. think there's some other guys that'll be hopping off and, and moving on with their careers. But you got so many other ones that are jumping on board and, you know, getting involved with Impact Wrestling. And, and for this network to work, they are going to have to have that kind of content. Other things to watch. Not you, They can't just depend on those old, you know, TNA films, right? They've <laughs> got to find something else to get people interested in this network. And eight bucks a month, not bad. I mean, you pay $9, you basically pay 10 bucks a month for TV. Eight bucks is a little cheaper. Uh, I mean, if I just wanted to spend the extra money, I think that they're giving you at least something that's worth your eight bucks. You know, TNA's glory days are long past uh, beyond them. I'm looking at that 2004 to 2006 area where they really found their, their niche, I think. Uh, or niche, excuse me. Uh, and just that, that's definitely a big reason. I think if you haven't seen any of that, or you want to revisit that, that's a great reason. And $8, uh, isn't a, a bad way to go there. I'm a big fan of their asylum stuff just because it's, it's obviously them trying to find themselves, but there's some truly ridiculous things that happen on there as well as a lot of great things. Um, so that's always cool too. Anywhere after that is sort of hit or miss, depending on really what's going on, because you have to change over in ownership to Dixie and, and Panda Energy and all that good stuff. And um, Lord knows we we've 
chronicled a large amount of that uh, high and lowness <laughs> that took place <laughs> there. Uh, but there, there's even more that that goes on there too. So uh, I'm I. From what I've heard, Smash Wrestling is great, too, so that, that could be another great reason if you're looking to try to get into them, too, even though they do... I believe they still have their own pivot share uh, streaming thing as well, like Progress and AAW and all these other places are starting to get now, too. Yeah, for sure. I know. And so you, they are available out there for you to go check out. You don't have to ha- actually have this network, but you know, if you, you really are into TNA and you like the impact every week, then hey, shell out eight bucks and see if you like it. Yeah. I think it's worth a try. Uh, you know, and you know the one cool thing about Impact right now is, is they're able to use some Lucha Underground stars uh, with their deal with AAA, and that keeps those guys working while they're still in limbo uh, over this whole season four situation because they're finishing up on season three here with Ultima Lucha, and the, all their talent are you know kind of wanting to be back in the saddle with Lucha Underground, but they're just frustrated there's not work until they actually do get, you know, a new deal in place where they can start filming the season four. So this is a good deal for them right now to be able to work with Impact. But, you know, we're getting a little bit more information right now about the Lucha Underground situation. And what we're hearing is that El Rey wants them. El Rey is not the problem. It's the situation of funding for Lucha Underground is the biggest problem. El Rey is even willing to put in some of their own funds to help this whole situation kind of get better and help Season 4 to happen, but they're nowhere near going to give the money that needs to be funded to Lucha Underground to make Season 4 happen, because Season 3 cost a pretty penny, people, and mm-hmm. it wasn't cheap, you know? So, here we are. Right now, Lucha Underground could be looking for a new channel a new, you know, place to to call home for Lucha Underground. And who knows? Really, I mean, we've talked about this plenty of times on this show. There's plenty of places that could be the home, but really, it seems like there's not a lot of places that are really going to buy on it. So I'm really curious to see what happens here, Paul. This is a whole interesting scenario, but we are hearing um, some a little bit of good news. We, we got uh, somebody actually talking about this it's a uh, wagnon right is it is that yeah eric von wagnon i believe is is how you say his name what what did he say here paul kind of give us the gist uh so he's one of the producers for lucha underground he's saying that chances for season four are quote better than even uh which i assume means more than 50 percent. so uh take that for what you will me and Sean sort of talked about the the funding that they uh that they supposedly found last week where it wasn't near the amount that they've had for seasons two and three, so they would have to make a lot of budget cuts. Uh, and I think even from season one to season uh, two and three, you already see them already cutting down on the budget some. You don't see all those video packages that you had at the beginning, right? And you don't get nearly, I think, the amount of production you have in some of those backstage uh, scenes uh, that you have in, in seasons two or three that you did have in season one. I'm specifically like when, uh, when Drago goes back to hell at the end, there's big fireball and like this huge warehouse somewhere and, you know, stuff like that obviously costs a pretty penny and, and all that. But, uh, I, I think we still see it now. I think so much of what happens for Lucha Underground to push the story forward happens more in ring now instead of in backstage segments. So, uh, it's, it, I'd be int- I want to see a season four, and I'd be interested to see what Lucha Underground would be, even on a smaller budget. But 
Uh, El Rey also only has about a month left to make a decision before they lose the rights on the show, and the the producer in question here says that they should hear something within that time frame, but if they don't, that's when they shop around, is once El Rey loses the rights. And um, As you said, we have talked about other places where the uh, that might be great for them to end up to end up, excuse me, and maybe with the uh, success of Glow um, and them already having a foot in the door at Netflix, a season four on there I think would be really cool. Just because I think Lucha is already so much more geared to binging than a lot of other wrestling shows are. I think you're right on that, and you know the way they produce their show, and if they are funded the right amount of money, those backstage segments, the storytelling behind the scenes, not mm-hmm. just in the ring, is excellent. I, I, I live for those moments, and honestly, I, I, I the in ring action is great. Don't get me wrong; I think they do an excellent job in ring. But to me, what makes Lucha Underground special and separates them from every other indie fed is you got some great video packages. You have that wonderful storytelling, even though it is kind of sci-fi. It's it's just it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really hope that they are funding the right amount of money to keep that stuff going and not just make us feel like, oh, we're just watching another <laughs> independent promotion here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what we're getting, you know, right now, watching Ultimate Lucha, you're like, how can they lose this? How can this good not get signed and picked up somewhere if El Rey doesn't do it? That's my biggest thing. And Netflix, to me, would be perfect because I, you know, use Netflix on a regular basis. And to me, it just makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I love Hulu, too. So Hulu or anybody that's willing to pick them up, they need <laughs> to do it if this situation with El Rey doesn't work out in the long run. You know, um, but, you know, like I said before, right now, with everything being kind of up in the air, you're having a lot of the talents in Lucha Underground work in Impact Wrestling, which keeps them happy because they're getting a payday. It makes Impact happy, you know, because they got new talent <laughs> coming in and it's not bad talent. It's really super uh, great talents coming in to help their promotion so that's a good deal for both sides at the moment and one other thing the you know impact is still looking for new stars and right now they're even looking at sammy callahan paul yeah uh which i i think with ove being there uh already so closely related as far as what goes on in other independents across the u.s as far as the killer cult goes um with that relation there uh it's not too far off the mark, and if they, I, I don't know if OVE has been such a big hit that they would want to pair them up with, with Sammy, but Sammy certainly does bring a lot to the table as far as, I think, a character and promo work and all that good stuff. Uh, so I, I'm not at all surprised that they're interested in him there. In the, we've, we've talked off and on, I think, sparingly about how, how odd it is when Lucha was already very, you know, very hardlined in the past about not having their stars appear anywhere else on TV, and that's even worked into their contracts, but... Them getting permission here obviously has a lot to do with their connection to AAA, and AAA has a deal with Impact, and you know, so you can work something out there, which is what happened. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to keep people around because obviously, so far, it's it hasn't been everybody; it's only a select few, and um, you know, a lot of the talent that appear on Lucha Underground are are big names in California, uh, and and some of them have maybe already had a dalliance with uh, with Impact and didn't necessarily like their time. I'm looking at Joey Ryan, but. Um, Eat Brian Cage to an extent too, uh, and it's just it's it's just not uh, you know may not be everybody's fair, but them having at least another place to work might make some of them happy and more prone to stick around for making and facilitating this sort of deal. 
Yeah, you're right. And, you know, anything they can do to, you know, really make their talent happy, <laughs> to keep things going in the right direction, which is talents getting those opportunities in other places and, and getting a chance to make money while, you know, there's not really a lot going on in Lucha Underground. It's a good deal. So, yeah, I, I really hope this all works out for Lucha Underground. I, I get a little worried for them sometimes, but, you know, overall, I'm glad, and I think it's awesome that Impact Wrestling is having a big base for that and i think you know using guys like sammy callahan and these other guys is really going to put impact in a better situation than just having some of those used old bold stars that let's be honest not a lot of people are caring about you know right so and i just i know this isn't you know something that we plan to talk about i just i gotta know what was your thought about eddie eddie kingston leaving tna uh you know uh, impact sorry not in uh, tna but, you I know, still it's the same place, right? <laughs> I mean, whatever they're calling themselves, as Sean would say if you were here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was, I was kind of bummed. I'm, a, uh, I, as you know, I'm sure that's why you asked. I'm a huge Eddie Kingston fan. Me and Sean talked about this on uh, on the last episode of W2M2. Uh, it's just real bummed. This is a guy I think that can offer them a lot if they wanted to, and they sort of. I think a lot of the guys that were brought in under the Corgan regime of things. Uh, probably going to be on their way out just because you know, there's there's a vast difference I think between what GFW or, or Anthem and all that wants, uh, especially after the legal battle too. I'm sure they don't have a lot of good feelings, well deserved or not, towards people that were brought in under that regime. So those guys on their way out, older people who uh, have been around Impact for a long time, aren't going to be used anymore. Like uh, like as you mentioned, Robbie E also probably going to be on the way out to make room for all these other guys that they're going to bring in. But uh, still somebody, Eddie Kingston, I, terrific in-ring talent. I think One of the best promos as far as independent wrestling goes. I think he could have brought a lot to impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is why I had to ask you. I know you're a big fan. So, you know, hey, who knows? This guy is probably going to end up somewhere else and, and really doing some big things. So, yeah, you, you win some, you lose some, right? Exactly. Uh, I want to talk about something that I know you're going to be super excited about talking about, and that is New Japan's Super Junior Tag Team Tournament. And this will be taking place pretty soon here. Uh, it'll actually take place over the road to Power Struggle. And, you know, they've already released their bracket here, Paul, so give us some information. Yeah, this uh, this looks really good. Uh, two, It's taking place over three, excuse me, Roadshow. <laughs> Oh boy, excuse me. Road two shows uh going on uh up to the uh to the big show of Power Struggle later on in November. Uh so the bracket breaks down. You have Hirai Kawado, the uh the young lion who's really turned a lot of heads, uh teaming up with the ace of the junior heavyweight division, that's Kushida, to take on Rapogni three K in the first round. Uh you have the CMLL team of Dragon Lee and Titan teaming up to take on LIJ stablemates Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. You have the uh, the the dads of the junior heavyweight division and Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask taking on El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru of uh, Suzuki Goon, and on the flip side of that, you have Taichi and Takamichinoku also of Suzuki Suzuki Goon taking on ACH and Ryusuke Taikuchi, who of course is a uh, the former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion now after King of Pro Wrestling. If you haven't seen that show yet. Uh, as Repugni, or Repugni 3K are the new champs, who of course are Sho and Yo, to, um, Sho and Yo the Tempora boys from Ring of Honor. Uh, this looks really exciting. I, RPG 3K looks like a early vi- uh, favorite to me. 
that's who I have picked to win the whole thing. Although I could see ACH and uh, Taguchi upsetting them in the final, uh, the finals to create a match for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but a lot of people see it going three K's way and then having them wrestle the Young Bucks on the big stage once again. Yeah, for sure, and that would be uh, you know something that's super special. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really cool tournament. You know, you mentioned this bracket, and it looked great, man. It looks like something that's already going to be uh, just a ton of fun. I can't wait to see what happens with it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'd also uh, uh, mm-hmm. be remiss to not mention that me and Sean were supposed to uh, review Kings of Pro Wrestling on this episode of W2M, but uh, Sean has not had the time to watch the show yet due to all the stuff that he's doing and uh, I still need to watch the co-main event and the main event since I fell asleep during that, which is one of the reasons why I missed Raw yesterday. Uh, so we're going to do that on the Thursday show. And, of course, if you're listening to this uh, before the 12th, uh, which is tomorrow, technically, um, that's when the Young Lions Cup tournament on the Young Lions Project is going to start. So make sure you're you're watching that as well for all the, the goodness there. Yeah, for sure. Excited about that and getting uh, a chance to hear you guys talk about all that's going to be fun. So I'm excited when you do get a chance to do it. And you can't blame yourself on watching New Japan didn't put you to sleep. It was Enzo Amore that put you to sleep. Uh, I I watched it live and it was close to to 6 o'clock before they got to Naito and Ishii's match. So uh, that's a.m. over here in Central Time. And it's... uh, it was it was rough. I had to wake up early for fair um, because it's the state fair time in Texas, which of course means fried food galore, uh, and uh, that on top of ninety four degree heat, and and of course I bowl Monday nights as well. So all sorts of stuff keeping me from doing this show on Monday, <laughs> but yeah. also Enzo, of course, put me to sleep. That, that's on him. Uh, yeah, it is an nail in the coffin. Uh, so <laughs> it just knocked you cold, knocked you out cold. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about the uh, New Japan Tag Team Tournament. The Super Juniors are really great, so excited about that. Uh, I want to also talk about something tonight that is really interesting, and this is something that involves another promotion. It is the House of Hardcore. Yeah, that's right. Tommy Dreamer's promotion. And they got a good deal going. Uh, apparently, they have signed a deal with Twitch mm-hmm. to have a weekly stream show. And this is really cool, Paul. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, as a lot of people know that follow the House of Hardcore, they usually do these super card matches, right, or shows where you got all these big matches, you know, some big names coming out, and just a, a lot of fun. But with this streaming situation now, and the fact that they're going to be weekly. They're going to sign shorter-term contracts so that way they can tell stories. You know, of course, they have a lot of guys in influx moving place to place, so they want to tell stories here when they can, and that's going to mean a lot to what they're doing and change up a little bit more of their product here. Uh, but I think this is a kind of a cool deal. House of Hardcore has always, you know, done pretty well for itself. Yeah, this is really cool as we see uh, Twitch, who of course is owned by Amazon now. Uh, sort of expanding their field of, uh, I, I guess, nerdy caches, uh, if I could use that term. Uh, obviously, Twitch is mostly dedicated towards uh, video game streamers uh, and giving them a platform to to give their commentary or, or show off video games and stuff like that, as well as developers, and give you a chance to sort of make some extra scratch that way. Of course, people do that full-time as well. Um, but... the House of Hardcore isn't the first. To, Wrestle Circus obviously was the first to get on the Twitch train. Uh, you have Hood Slam on there. You've seen we've seen Triple A stream shows on there, and now 
now you have House of Hardcore jumping on uh, with this thing, which is really, really cool. Um, and then trying to get a weekly show going and, and changing it up. Like, I mean, very... I don't, I, I don't want to say slow because it hasn't been slow because I feel like since the network, it's just been radical change after radical change of how to watch wrestling, how to present wrestling, uh, and really opening up people's eyes to everything that's just so different and wonderful about wrestling. House of Hardcore now doing this, uh, t- having a name attached to it like Tommy Dreamer, having a bunch of great shows and history behind them, and then switching uh, sort of gears now to to signing wrestlers to short-term deals so they can present weekly shows and tell stories is something I'm really kind of excited about, and I look forward to following this for a long time to come. Yeah, me too. I've you know been really curious about the House of Hardcore only because you know you've heard some great things. You see some of the matchups that they you know have here and there, and it just looks really good. So I'm honestly really curious, and I want to actually tune in and check a little bit out of what they're doing here. So you know, uh, hopefully, good things coming out of it for. Tommy Dreamer in this whole promotion, I think it really could mean something and maybe send him to bigger, better places. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and um, they, they're they one of the partners from Flow Slam, too, which I want to talk about this with, with that whole lawsuit deal. Um, I don't know if this means that they are done with them because I don't think that was ever mentioned in Tommy Dreamer's little release that he did with this at Comic-Con over in New York, but... Um, if people are jumping off the boat there because, you know, of the whole lawsuit thing, I mean, how much longer do you think Flow Slam's going to be around? And it opens doors for all these other streaming places now to try to jump on the uh, what's left. You know, it's, it's crazy out there now. Yeah, it's becoming the Wild West of streaming. Yeah, absolutely. And so there, you know... It, lies a lot of problems for flow slam and a lot of these other places uh because the competition is going to be hot and heavy and everybody's going to be gunslinging and taking shots at each other and you know it, it could get very very messy very mm-hmm. quickly um then again it's great to have competition it's it means a lot because that means everybody's going to be giving 110 percent at least you hope they are right uh so <laughs> let's just hope that it brings good things for the world of wrestling and not you know spilling out to be chaotic and not good wrestling so yeah. um yeah we'll have to wait and see though we have yet to experience this just yet we're, we're getting a taste of it but it is not here yet, so we'll kind of save our judgments until we see a little bit more evidence of, you know, craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, really quickly here. I mean, we talked about Billy Corrigan quite a bit on this show, and you know, him, you know, getting NWA and what the future is going to be. Uh, I just want to just kind of quickly update people about this. Uh, Billy Corrigan, of course. I mentioned recently that in the spring is when they plan to start doing shows. And so that's a big step. Mm-hmm. And uh, then going from there, they're actually considering airing some of their shows on the Internet for free to kind of get the ball rolling, to get people interested. So, which, hey, that's not a bad idea if you ask me. Yeah, uh, he also mentioned that they might run a free weekly show on the Internet to sort of get the ball rolling and start storytelling and exposing uh their audience of whatever they're going to draw uh to a lot of these names who i'm sure a lot of people aren't going to recognize and some of them might be and uh i guess depending on how well all this takes off 
it's it's an easy way to pres- get some you know some film together to present to TV places if that's the ultimate goal here and um, you know we we talked about this last time too that he has like a twenty year plan of trying to bring NWA back and uh, whether it'll last that long or not who knows but it's nice to know that there's a long term plan and he seems kind of intent on sticking to it and there's something moving forward that we is tangible and you can sort of get attached to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and it seems like it really Billy Corrigan is thinking this thing through, mm-hmm. and he's really taking a lot of time, taking it very serious, and, you know, that's great. I, I really hope it works out for him, but, you know, it's still going to take a lot more work, and uh, hopefully people do check it out and, and give it a, at least a, a chance, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're talking about all sorts of promotions here tonight. I mean, we just talked NWA. We also just talked Hard House of Hardcore. Plenty of other places, uh, and they all usually converge and kind of meet in the middle uh, when they actually do WrestleMania weekend. And a lot of these you know, promotions come and hop on board and go to whatever city WrestleMania is in. And this year, you're hearing about a lot of these shows are already planning to do stuff and. They set a lot of the schedules up here, Paul. Yeah, this is uh, pretty nuts. I, I mean, it's only October, and it's still six, seven months away. I know you can already buy tickets to, um, I think, WrestleCon, uh, which is another big one that goes along this time. But uh, Dreamer announced in that same press release we were talking about earlier that uh, House of Hardcore is going to run his show that weekend for the first time in its history, which is kind of cool. Uh, you have WWN, who always runs uh, that weekend, release their schedule. Not all the promotions and slots are spoken for, but Evolve, uh, of course, will be there. They're going to run three shows. Progress has two set up. You'll also get the WWN Super Show still, as well as Joey Janela's Spring Break 2 in uh, a repeat from this uh, last WrestleMania. And Ring of Honor also has their Supercard of Honor show that weekend, too. They're going to have Hiroshi Tanahashi in town for that, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Man, that is going to be a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. mean... Already, I mean, just everything you just mentioned, that looks like an amazing weekend for everybody. Uh, so, wow, that just, it's something that it's going to be hard for people to pick and choose. I know, you know, when you were going to a lot of the events in Dallas, when mm-hmm. they had WrestleMania 32, it was hard for you to choose all the events to which we were going to go to. And this it, is even harder. It, it's, a, yeah, because it's, since WrestleMania has been here uh, for WrestleMania 32 to where we're at now, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Last year's show started on uh, Wednesday. They were doing shows on Wednesday before WrestleMania even started, and uh, it's 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 just blown up in this huge thing. I, I watched more wrestling than I slept that weekend, which is insane to think. I'm sure you can do that easily now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's just it's amazing. So I mean, they're making it tougher on you, but this is a good thing. I'm really happy to hear this. And you know, if I was, you know, going to go to this show, and, and who knows, I may still go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's difficult. It's going to be a sit there, any mini money mo uh, to pick what you're going to go to. Yeah, for although, sure. Although, although right now I, I still say I want to go to a House of Hardcore show. So that may lean a little bit more towards yes i would go to that so. mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh lots of other great stuff to look forward to in the world of wrestling and, and one last note we're going to make here in quick is before we move on to ring of honor this is something that i'm personally excited about this week on the goldbergs yes that's right the television show that takes place in the 80s on abc is going to have bill goldberg 
as a part of their show. <laughs> wow, I cannot wait for this, Paul. I am really curious about what's going to be taking place. He's supposed to be playing one of the main character's brothers, uh, who they've become estranged and, and trying to somebody. I I think it's the the dad is it's, it's the dad's brother, and the wife brings him in to try to fix the fence and all that. And um, I I just can't wait. <laughs> uh, Bill Gold uh, from the second you have a show called The Goldbergs and you're a wrestling fan, you didn't think that maybe this guy was going to show up on there uh, because the director is this just this huge wrestling fan. Um, this is kind of exciting. I, I don't watch every episode of the Goldbergs. I'm going to watch this one. Yeah. Uh, trust me. I do watch every episode of the Goldbergs. Uh, not only am I a huge fan of the eighties, as most of people have heard me talk about quite a bit here. Uh, my wife loves this show to death. And so this is a weekly, uh, enjoyment. 30 minutes of just fun for us. So I can't wait for this week. My wife won't know who this guy is, but I will. <laughs> and I will mark out and she'll be like, what the heck are you doing? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about it. So yes, in, in my household, that will be aired and watched and enjoyed. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up quick hits uh, for this you know episode. Uh, but we are going to still talk some more wrestling because we got Ring of Honor to talk about, Paul. So why don't we go jump into that now? All right. All right, Ring of Honor, uh, we're finally into the tapings now that take place after Death Before Dishonor. We, of course, are still in Las Vegas, and we open the show with Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser coming out uh, to talk about uh, Silas overcoming Jay Lethal. He shows off the war wounds, which he's got all these welts and indentions on his back. It's absolutely horrifying, uh, and talks about you know how, how he's now the better than the golden boy he's going to be getting all the media opportunities and all that but for now he says that the search for a sixth man uh to compliment himself in the beer city bruiser to go after those six man titles has finally concluded because they have found him and that man is Minoru Suzuki uh and he calls out the hung bucks to accept the challenge tonight and after they do a bit of grandstanding, they end up accepting. Except they don't wrestle at the start of the show. They wrestle in main events. So that is, of course, now you're going to be your main event for the evening. Any thoughts on this before we keep on going? I actually thought this was really solid all the way around. I did too. And I think it was really exciting to to see the third guy for the first time, right? Because mm-hmm. I thought they kind of forgot about this. And for it to be Suzuki, it was amazing. Like, I thought, yeah, you're right. There is nobody else that's more of a real man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than Suzuki. I mean, I just see him on Terror TV, and I'm scared. So, uh, But nonetheless, I mean, I think that was good. It was exciting. And, of course, the Humbucks are hilarious. They did their job and get you set up for that main event. So I was actually pretty thrilled. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we go from that into another title match as they have Kenny King come out to defend the Ring of Honor television title against Josh, the Goods Woods. This, I don't want to downplay the work, because I, I feel like I say this every time, I always feel bad. Josh Woods, as far as the in-ring work goes, is fine, right? I, I think he does, he has a style that Ring of Honor really likes. He just, it doesn't work for me, at least as far as what he does. He's very... I, I, it's kind of boring as far as just watching him go through the paces. And Kenny King, of course, is the exact opposite of that. 
And as far as the ring work goes, there is nothing wrong here, right? The match goes off fine. Kenny King retains uh, after managing to roll Josh onto his shoulders and uh, while he has him caught in a triangle choke to retain the championship. I just, I'm not interested in Josh like at all. Yeah. yeah, well, you shouldn't be. He doesn't give you any reason to care. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I hate to be that way. Like you said, he he, he does fine in the ring. He, he's going through the paces. He's doing everything he needs to do, which is great. It, that's a nice thing to do. But you've got to have more than that when you're a wrestler. You, mm-hmm. You've, you've got to bring other things to the table. One of the biggest things that you need from a wrestler's perspective is that crowd getting behind you yeah. they've got to buy in it's going to make the match well better uh, mm-hmm. but not only that means something to people and right now you're just watching a match between kenny king and you know a creative superstar yeah but that's basically it. <laughs> um so yeah i mean at, at the end of the day you just want kenny king to win because the other guy doesn't matter um, so I hope better things for Joshua. I, I think he has an opportunity, like mm-hmm. you're saying, that to be good, to be better, it's for people to care. But right now it's hard to. And, you know, Kenny King's on this roll, and he's doing these big things in Ring of Honor, and I'm excited for him. I, I've been waiting for a long time to see Kenny King get the opportunity that he's getting right now. So I was thrilled about it. Very, you know, happy with the match overall. But you know, like you said, I, it just kind of felt one-sided the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after the match, you have Kenny grab the microphone, and he talks about how much winning the championship meant to do it in his hometown in front of his family and all that, and he's going to be a fighting champion and will defend it against anybody. And, of course, this uh, cues in everybody who wants to challenge. So you have Shane Taylor come down, you have Chuck Taylor, uh, Punishment Martinez and Mark Briscoe all come out at various points of the stage uh, through the crowd and so on. And uh, Kenny kind of talks about them all and says he's willing to fight every single one of them if that's what it takes. So uh, lots of great stuff, it seems, on the horizon for the TV title. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, uh, you know, to me, this is very, you know, interesting for the fact that you did have so many people coming out but it it means a lot it shows that people do want that tv title and that's a great thing and and the names that came out you know chuck taylor and uh just everybody that you know came out and made their presence known showed that that does you know have you know a lot of credibility behind it and Mm -hmm. i'm I'm excited to see what they do right i mean I, i think it's really great and so there you go yeah, there's a lot of great people coming out here, too, that I think could have some absolutely dynamite matches with Kenny King, too. So that's that's even better. Uh, we go backstage for a promo with Marty Scroll, who invites everybody to join him for a Bullet Club celebration because Cody will be signing the most lucrative contract in Ring of Honor history inside the ring next week. Uh, we've talked about this earlier um, uh, on uh, Wrestling to the Max on these uh, main episode shows as well. Uh, I'm kind of excited just to see how over the top this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, same here. It's gonna, it, it's gonna be wild. I, yeah. I've, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely wild. So, uh, and then speaking of the Bullet Club, that brings us to our main event: is the six man tag team titles are on the line. The Hung Bucks defend against. Uh, I, I termed them the last real men, although that's not their official name. But uh, this is really, really good, if you ask me. Uh, they do a lot of work here to make Adam Page feel like the focal point, which I thought was a smart move. 
Um, you have Minoru being Minoru essentially because Adam Page wants to fight him, which I, I don't know any sane person who wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you end up having the uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Page retain here. You have a shooting star, Indy Taker, on the outside uh, to Silas Young to sort of take him out, and then uh, Adam Page gets in the ring and hits the rite of passage on the Beer City Bruiser to get the victory. I Top to bottom, I thought this was really, really enjoyable. Oh, I agreed. And, you know, like I said earlier in the show, you bring the Young Bucks in, money. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hate to say it that way because it sounds like Gary, you're just being cliche. No, I, I just I've I, I really enjoyed this match, and uh, I, I think though you did have some great talent involved. You know, the Beer City Bruiser. Uh, you know, as big as he is, and the fact that he's more of a brawler, he still does a good job, a yeah. really good job, and he actually did some things there. Uh, you know, to kind of surprise you, putting on the Kimura clutch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, wow! <laughs> I never expected that from the Beer City Bruiser, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so there is a lot more to him than what you see. Uh, and that uh, other one, uh, with that, I think he did a dive off the edge of the ring, things like that. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot more here than I'm used to seeing him do. Um, but I'm just thrilled about overall the, what they had here in this actual match itself. And sure, you know, the, the last real men may not have won, but I think that they got a chance to look really good here. They did. Uh, and unfortunately, it all goes to hell afterwards because the Beer City Bruiser uh, in the post-match seemingly blames the loss on Suzuki uh, and starts shoving him. Once again, not a very smart or healthy move for any person to make. Uh, and Suzuki starts fighting him off. Uh, of course, Silas gets involved because him and the Beer City Bruiser are friends. Uh, and this leads into uh, Minoru taking out Beer City Bruiser, Silas and Suzuki getting into this huge brawl that has to be broken up by a bunch of people from the back as we go into commercial. And You want to do Silas Young and Minoru Suzuki one-on-one, you're going to have my interest and some money in your hands. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely right there. And, you know, I'm going to be paying for that as well. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, here's the, the thing about it is I, I kind of got frustrated a little bit because, you know, I thought to myself, really, Silas Young, I mean, they've, they've made him so great. They built him up so much. And then they're going to have this. I mean, I just I, I think it could have been handled better. I really do. And maybe I'm just kind of being nitpicky, but I just I thought – you know, this is one of those cheesy things you usually do with, you know, the Miztourage or tag teams that are not really great tag teams, which I think, honestly, the Beer City Bruiser and Silas Young have proven that they're more than just, you know, a average tag team, that they, they're they one of the best that Ring of Honor has to offer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. I mean, I know you've got the cliches out there, right? I mean, of course, you know, the Young Bucks and... You've also got um, the you know the Briscoe brothers and then those tag teams, but those, those are given. But I think the Beer City Bruiser and, and Silas Young have their right to be up there with those great talents. And so for you know them to have this little hey, let's get beat up by Suzuki, I, I wasn't super thrilled about that. Yeah, I mean Silas and Minoru are the ones who look even here, right? As far as as what's going to happen, because Beer City Bruiser basically gets thrown in the sleeper and then runs for the hills afterwards. Uh, I I was expecting more for Silas after beating Lethal too, because it felt like a big deal, and it's about time they're going to start pushing him into something. And you have Kenny King with the TV title, and I I think that would be a great feud too. 
Uh, it's just, you know, you can't really put him in the world title picture, right? Because that's got the Bullet Club and Cody's name written all over right now, and I don't think they're going to sail the boat on that for a long time. They're going to ride that until that cash, uh, that cash cow just starts, you know, squirting out money. So uh, it's an interesting landscape here in Ring of Honor as far as what you can do with certain guys right now just because they, there's so much geared not only towards the New Japan relationship but, of course, to the Bullet Club, and, and that's where the money is for him right now. Mm-hmm. No, you're right about that. That is a big part of what makes Ring of Honor so successful. I think really, you know, as much as I want to see him hold the TV title, heck, I want to see him hold the Ring of Honor title sometime. I think mm-hmm. Silas Young has that charisma, has that personality. He can tell a story and doesn't need any title around his waist to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't say that about a lot of the other guys on this Ring of Honor roster. Um uh, I mean, uh, you could, you know, Punisher Martinez has done a great job. He's a guy that you look at and say, you know, he's a pretty big heel. But I, I, does he doesn't have the charisma like a Silas Young. Right. And I don't know how long you can run him without giving him a title. Silas mm-hmm. Young is a little bit different for me. I think you can wait a little while before he gets a title, and I think he'll be just as entertaining. So. I, I agree with you to a point. I think it's been long enough that like, if you don't give him a championship, it sort of seems like you're almost taking away from him at some points, too. So it, It's a fine line, because he's been on that verge for so long. Same thing we kept talking about Adam Page, I think, for a long time, too, where he's so close to being on the verge of, of being championship material and really probably should have been at some point, and they just they never pulled the trigger on him, even though they seemed like they prompted him and positioned him. To, to do so, um, specifically like last year around this time when you beat Jay Briscoe and that awesome street fight that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong on that. You're really not. And, you know, I, I want to see him hold the title. I, I'm not saying I don't, and I think mm-hmm. he deserves it, but it, it, the picture is so clouded right now. That's and true. I think, true. They, you know, in the TV title, I think that they're really gearing in a different direction than Silas Young, and I wish it wasn't that the case, but it, it just seems to be so. As we said, you know, Silas Young is in that gray area of, mm-hmm. you know, what should he go, how should he be, all that. And, you know, it is what it is until they make up their minds. But right now, I'm entertained by him. He needs <laughs> to keep doing good work. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that brings us to our main event segment, too, because uh, Jay Briscoe is going to come out and explain himself and his actions about what he did to Bully Ray at Death Before Dishonor. Of course, he hit him. Uh, with the corner of a table right over Bully Ray's head that legitimately gave him a concussion. And to come out and tell us that is Tommy Dreamer, uh, who comes in and, uh, you know, tells us basically that uh, about the concussion. uh, Outside of that, uh, and just, you know, from reading, uh, Bully Ray isn't sure at all if he's going to be able to wrestle anymore because doctors have, have you know asked him to stay away from loud noises and bright lights and stuff like that, um, which is basically what pro wrestling is. So <laughs> <laughs> this shit just came out and said it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tommy, however, decides to really amp up Bully Ray's toughness, and he tells us some road stories. Um, he worked very legal 1997 with a broken ankle and it never healed correctly because of that. So now he walks differently uh, and his foot is kind of bowed out because of it, which I did not know. He lost uh, some of his ear uh, in a bar fight in 1998. Uh, Chris Jericho uh, out in Roulette in 2002 
uh, knocked him out and knocked him loopy so bad that he forgot that his mother had died three months earlier and Tommy had to retell him that she was no longer on this world anymore. Uh, and if, if this doesn't paint a picture of one of the toughest living human beings alive, I don't know what else can, but he leaves Jay with the fact that he has made some serious mistakes and he will pay for it somewhere down the line. And this has left Jay Briscoe speechless, and he just walks out of the ring, and that's where the episode ends. And I, if there is fewer people on this earth uh, that Tommy Dreamer cannot beat when it comes to giving you an emotional, heartfelt promo that is meant to tell a story. Uh, and he's he's just one of the best at it. He's so good at this, and this this was a great surprise and in a, a perfect way, I think, to end this episode. I think so too. And I think, you know, it still left a lot of people guessing and questioning things, uh, which is fine uh, because, you know, we all wanted Jay Briscoe to come out there and explain his reasons and all that. But after Tommy Dreamer came out and gave those stories and really broke it down for you and just, just kind of ripped your heart up a little bit here, there's nothing Jay Briscoe could have said. <laughs> and I, you know, even if he said, well, you know, I did it because I thought I deserved better or blah, blah, blah. You know, it wouldn't anything, nothing like that would have mattered. And, and I think Jay Briscoe was a little embarrassed, you know, uh, really felt like, you know, he had done something that maybe he didn't realize that he had done. Uh, things like that. So uh, you, you really do appreciate those emotional ties and uh, the emotion that Tommy Dreamer brought out in this whole set here in the promo it, it just it, it amazes me um to see that you know a guy like tommy dreamer can bring that out in people and really just showcase himself when there's so many times you hear that you know behind the scenes the guy's just very monotone and very nonchalant right mm-hmm. so i i think it's really cool i think they did a good job here though i'm really really happy with this now it makes me really intrigued to see what's coming next in this whole saga Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little left uh, myself speechless on what could happen next. I'm right there with you, man. It's, with Bully Ray's future sort of tossed up into the air right now, um, do they maybe renege on this heel turn for, for Jay? Or, or do they just keep going and say this is what he meant to do all along? You know, I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. what Where do you go uh, when reality sort of... Uh, takes its hand in this day and age because you can't just necessarily write it off anymore you know you have to address it yeah yeah you're not wrong about that and and, you know you really do feel for bully ray and you really hope he's okay and you know i i I appreciated the realism i appreciated those stories but you know it kind of bums you out at the same time because you realize this was no joke Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. very very real situation so We'll follow it, and we'll see what Jay Briscoe goes from here and what he says. So. Absolutely. But yeah, that's Ring of Honor, guys. Uh, you know, I think a really solid episode this week. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think they gave you quite a bit to hold on to there. So be very thankful for that and hope that next week's is just as good. So. Uh, yeah, that's our show for tonight, though. We want to make sure we say thank you to all of you that have joined us. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure you go subscribe at Wrestling to the Max if you haven't already. Uh, go rate and review as well. Uh, make sure you do that. And, you know, you can go find us on Apple Podcast. Uh, we're on, of course, uh, 
Podcast Addict. We're on iHeartRadio. We're also on YouTube. A lot of places to go find us. But, hey, the best way to do it, find your favorite. Go hit it, Wrestling to the Back, subscribe, rate, and review. And there you go. You got the total package, and you'll get us every time we have our show. Like today, we came out of show a day late, and we're still here. So maybe people that checked it out don't download it and, you know, just don't subscribe. They didn't know we had a show. Guess what? Those of you that did, you know it. You found it, and you are now having a full episode in your hands without even having to try to find it. So that's the plus about subscribing. Uh, make sure you go and check out FormulaMania.com and LastWordOnProWrestling.com. They support us. They show our shows to people, and want to make sure we give a big shout-out to them. W2Mnut.com, the place you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot, lot more. Uh, that is our home. That is the place that we love so much. And the W2M Network is a big part of that deal. And if you want to get not only our show, but maybe you want to go find out about Harry Broadhurst's other show with Patrick Ketza, Wrestling Unwrapped. Maybe you want to go check out the guys at, you know, uh, the Running Wild podcast, who did an excellent job week in and week out, and plenty more on the, on the, the network. Well, I, I don't want to sit here in 15 minutes of telling you shows, but those are a few shows you need to go check out. And uh, also, you know, I should have done this earlier, Paul. I want to give a big shout-out to Harry Broadhurst. He's really stepped up and really helped. He's a, he's a great guy. We're so happy to have him on the W2Mnet.com family and just doing so much for us. Uh, he is now running the SmackDown Live and 205 Live review shows. That way, Paul and I don't have to and definitely keep Sean from having to because he does everything else on the network. Uh, so we definitely a big shout out to harry broadhurst for taking that and really running with it we appreciate harry so much love that guy and uh also really excited to be out his new co-host liz on those shows really cool and i uh, just want to throw a, a big welcome to the family liz thank you so much for uh being a part of that we really appreciate you as well so you like i said Guys, go check out these shows. You don't want to miss a minute of the action. They had another great episode tonight, SmackDown Live and 205 Live. So there you go. I think that's all the plugs, Paul. I can't think of anything else unless I'm forgetting the sun and the moon. No, I think you absolutely crushed it because uh, Lord knows me and Sean always forget something when we do that. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like there's so much and you, you want to get everything in and a lot of times you have to leave something out. But there you go. Uh, but anyway, okay, we're out of here. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll catch you guys uh, down the roads for myself and for Paul. Peace. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.